0: hello and welcome to the fantastic mr podcast uh
1: i am justin strange i'm here with my lovely two co-hosts jerome and zachariah uh and today we're going to talk about the 1950s because this is a movies by the decade episode so we're going back in time to the 1950s so jump in this uh here time machine with us and let's go check it out looking at this article and the title that it has on here is the cold war post plat- post classical era the era of epic films and the threat of television so what do you think about that
0: Ooh, spooky there's a lot to unpack i mean we're talking about the spooky. days post world war 2 we have a an era of the of the cold war and the soviets and and the united states testing out their atomic weapons in oceans and in deserts so I think the threat of television, the threat of nuclear war, it, it kind of plays
1: yeah that, that is well true. together. I, I guess I didn't think about that. That is true.
2: Um, I like how you associate television um, with like nuclear, <laughs> yeah, nuclear nuclear war.
0: <laughs> certain, certain. I'm th- I've, I'm thinking of <laughs> like 1950s something something from the the. T- nuclear tested in the in the deserts i'm thinking of specifically of kingdom of the crystal school the indiana jones film in that makeshift town they had and like it was all 1950s looking and they blew it up and there was old tv sets
2: that makes sense i mean and really if you look at it from hollywood's perspective i can see the i can see the correlation between the two because tv was really becoming popular well let's say the abundance of television sets made tv a lot more popular and so they really were kind of struggling with you know uh people staying at home and watching tv instead of going to the movies
0: right what year do we know would you make the tvs become commercially available to the masses uh, was there a specific year? Was it? It had to have been in the fifties. I would imagine, right?
2: Yeah, I think it was like late forties, early fifties. Like it was right around that time. Hollywood is obviously fearful of television's
1: dawning in the early nineteen fifties. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's kind of when
0: early fifties. So wh- why do you there think Hollywood was? Why did? Why do you think Hollywood felt threatened by the advent of TVs? I mean, I probably could say it right now because people are going to stay home it. and yeah. not go to the theater, right?
2: Yeah, thanks for answering your own question. Precisely, you can almost correlate it with the way that streaming services um, put a squeeze on Hollywood when those came out. Now they've kind of reached an equilibrium, where Hollywood now makes um, material for streaming platforms, and so it's kind of you know equalized. But back then, you know, it, it it really was kind of a serious threat, or at least they saw it a serious threat to putting butts in seats. Well,
1: Hollywood's always been threatened. Like since the fifties, I would say Hollywood has always had some sort of threat getting people into movie theaters. So they started three D television, and then they started bigger screens and better sound and blah blah blah. It's like there's always something that that Hollywood and the th- going to the theaters has to has to fight with. And now it's streaming, like especially during COVID. COVID was a huge threat, not just for the movie theaters, but for everything, but especially movie theaters, especially when, um, you know, like right at the end of it, it was okay because people kind of wanted to get out of the house. Um, but then now that they're kind of like you said, Jake, is some sort of equilibrium where either they have it playing in theaters simultaneously with streaming, which I don't know how those numbers work now, I, I don't, I imagine they might be different. Um, but you know, sometimes they have them at the same time, and then sometimes it's exclusively in theaters. Yeah. And But, you know, it goes to streaming in, like, a month. So Hollywood's also, Hollywood has, has had to deal with this since the advent of television
2: within one's home. You Remember when movies would come out in theaters and you'd have to wait, like, a, an entire year to get them on VHS or DVD? Like, I remember just begging my parents to go see movies because I knew if I didn't see them in theaters, I might not even have a chance to to see them because let's face it, I have ADHD and uh, little me isn't going to remember a movies in a year that I want to see. But do you guys remember that? I like how long it took to get from the theater into people's VHS sets. I
0: don't remember how many months, but it felt like a long time as a kid, especially. I remember seeing Star Wars episode one in theaters. I remember vaguely my theater experience, but then I was wanting, I was waiting for the day to get it, buy it at Hollywood video or or rent it. It felt like a months or maybe even a year. I never watched an article. I watched a video about Batman 1989 and Basically, the VHS came out four months after um, the Tim Burton Batman film came out, which is kind of amazing. Um, and theaters were up in arms over the, early, the such early release because they thought <laughs> it would suck people you know, just to watch the movie in the living rooms or the bedrooms instead of going to the theater. They're still playing Batman four months after it initially released in 89. Yeah, well, I mean, they have the point
2: today. They do that they pre- release them simultaneously but going back to the 1950s it was a huge deal for hollywood because they thought you know people are going to watch tv instead of movies so what they started doing um is that they started catering to the younger demographic right the young people yeah the young yeah. people because that's when all like the rock and roll and greaser movies came out you know rock around the clock and uh the Original, the Fast and the Furious. I I didn't even realize it. And I was doing research for this episode that the Fast and the Furious originally was a nineteen fifties film. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and the Fast and Furious today just borrowed the title. It's a different story. Like the the you know saga today isn't related to the nineteen fifties movie at all, but uh, they stole the title from it.
0: Interesting. <laughs> like the the story, lots of themes of the juvenile, the delinquent, and discovering. <laughs> A rock and roll, hanging out with, as you said, the the greaser crowd, and and overcoming some type of coming of age theme, perhaps. But I think rock and roll definitely shaped the way of not only America and maybe other parts of the world, uh, but also is reflected in um, in film. Yeah, which it's normal. We, things happening in these day, this day and age, we see you know. You know, we web the social media dating apps and that's you see all that in like made fun of or used seriously in modern uh tv shows or movies so it's it's just a natural reflection of reality but perhaps exaggerated um at times sure
2: yeah i mean and also this time i think in the 1950s was the rise of marilyn monroe um mm-hmm. you know all of all of that. She was kind of at the height of her career at the time. I think she started even her own production company and started shooting
0: some movies through that specifically. The Blonde Bombshell um, as they probably referred to her one of many but yeah Marilyn Monroe she just was the face of, of beauty I would say for that time especially and then obviously early 60s until her death. Yeah.
2: So there's a lot of stuff going on at that time um, but wh- you know I'm curious about what movies you guys enjoy from the 1950s do you have any favorites
0: Godzilla 1954 <laughs> ishiro honda the director and there's been many iterations of Godzilla but the 54 movie which i've seen both the americanized version and the japanese version uh, i've only seen the japanese version once but obviously Godzilla is this creature is kind of a metaphor for the atomic bomb uh, references to world war ii and the destruction of man of what you can create with such explosive uh, chemically induced uh crazy weapons of man and it's signified in this big old lizard yeah and <laughs> big whole lizard it's, and it's ultimately killed at least in 54 well with an oxygen oxygen destroyer right
1: yeah um i thought that is actually one of my favorites as well. Like just, just this, like people, Hmm. I'm to explain this. Um, You know, teaching, teaching college and high school people, college students are more receptive to watching older movies, but high school students, if it's in black and white, they just don't want to watch it. But, but you know, that movie, like they end up watching movies like that and they actually end up really enjoying it, even though it's in black and white. And like Godzilla is a, Good movie. Like the story is solid. I mean the the effects look great, and by uh, you know, and and the the suit looks great. The sounds, are, I think, mean, everything about that movie is just good. Like the story the is, is very dark. Yeah, and yeah, and like the whole thing with with the creator of that oxygen bomb. He's like he's got a and spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it by now, I'm sorry, but you know he's got to he's got to yeah. kill himself in order to keep the formula for the bomb to himself he can't because he doesn't want it to get out and it be created like a weapon be created out of it i thought that was a really good like addition to that story for a 1954 movie like
0: it's a great a great a great story for that movie just nine years after the second world war yeah absolutely and That's then Godzilla became uh, a joke and very meme <laughs> in oh, the yeah. 60s. <laughs> but it, that, 54 was one of the more the, the hallmarks of of the franchise for and sure.
1: You gotta remember uh the score for that movie was was like
0: wonderful as well. I would like to get Oh that. yes. Akira F. Kube, uh, he's a wonderful composer. He's done numerous uh, musical scores for a bunch of other japanese mm. not just monster movie or you know, kaiju films but others but i have a couple of cd's of his godzilla work it's it's wonderful but yeah, and I think I think that's a good starting point. of Godzilla, um, I think revolutionary for the time. I think people seeing this big old creature, maybe they didn't know was a person in a suit at the time. I mean, it looks a lot better than um, King Kong in the '30s. I mean, arguably, <laughs> yeah. it's amazing to see the technological advancement.
1: Yeah, okay, in that that's I'll, I'll totally almost two decades
0: span. That. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll totally agree with that because, like, even for the '30s, it looked great. But it could have looked better had it been made in the 50s, talking about King Kong. Um, So, yeah, I would totally agree with that.
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know what the motion capture or stop motion capabilities were of the 50s. Maybe a Godzilla would still look kind of jarring uh, using that similar technology. I I don't know. Um, But the suit and the i'm sure they did some did camera effects for that to make it slow down and everything by the time the
2: 1950s came around they had started to get some pretty sophisticated special effects like i know um one of the i guess w- widely lauded as one of the best films of the 50s which is the ten commandments um won the the best Uh, won the award for best special effects in the academy award and that was when you know moses parted the red sea and and the people went through it so if you've seen the ten commandments like they obviously don't look real by today's standards but they're pretty good like they're they're pretty pretty solid um so they have the capability to have some pretty sophisticated special effects by the time the 1950s rolled around some other things that happened in the 1950s um an, another speaking of effect a popular camera technique um was used for the first time which is the dolly zoom that's when if you've ever watched jaws um when or um or another film you know like the character freaks out or uh, a recent example would be in guardians of the galaxy 2 when quill realizes that his his dad killed his mom and so it zooms in on quill's face and the background you know gets farther away it's kind of like this weird interplay that's called a dolly zoom right um that was used for the first time in 1958 in vertigo one of alfred hitchcock's films Mm -hmm. it sure was so there's some cool stuff going on in the 1950s have you seen vertigo no it's on my to-do list Uh, i feel i feel really embarrassed because i love alfred alfred hitchcock and that's one of those films that I haven't seen. <laughs> it was pretty good.
1: I enjoyed it. I, 1959, um, came out. or no, not oh, dang it! No, never mind. I was like I was going to start talking about Rear Window, but I don't think it. Oh yeah, it came out in 1954. If you have ever seen, that's under a Hitchcock film. Great, great movie. Great freaking movie. If you guys have never seen it, um it's about this guy who's kind of incapacitated for now. And he's just kind of watching out of his rear window at these different uh different people who live in his apartment complex. And he, um, I think he he thinks he's witnessed a murder. So it's pretty it's pretty good. It's got it's got a uh, Jimmy Stewart in. Love me some Jimmy Stewart, really?
0: Yeah, I love that guy.
2: <laughs> I think they remade that, or at least they reused the concept for that in Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf, two thousand and seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that movie. Same concept. He's like under house arrest. He's like a teenager. He's under house arrest, and then he like sees his neighbor get murdered or something like that. Yeah, and he gets all caught yeah. up in on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's under house arrest. I think it's funny to me how they they keep remaking movies. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's like it's like the movie. Have you seen?
1: And this isn't the '50s, but it's called "What Women Want" with Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. Then you have "What Men Want" with. Uh,
2: oh yeah teresia Ta- like
1: taraji Roman thoughts, right yeah, yeah. taraji p hints so what what women want is mel gibson and he like i forget if he's like a women's like um some sort of salesman of women's like like straighteners and hair curlers and stuff like that and he's like taking a bath and he accidentally like he starts playing with them but they're plugged in and it falls in the bathtub and he gets shocked so he can read women's minds after that <laughs> um and then the what men want is um is the same concept just with a woman and she can do it to a man and it looks like there's a from 1930 there's a movie called what men want the playboys mistress falls in love with another <laughs> man oh no it's not the same it's not the same <laughs> it's just called what men want it has a name. It's the
2: <laughs> that's funny i guess at some point you can recycle names Because they're like the Fast and the Furious, what men want. But anyway, I think one of my favorite movies from the 1950s is 12 Angry Men. Have you guys seen that movie? I've not. It's 1957. It's a courtroom drama uh, about 12 men, um, jurors, who are in charge of deciding whether a young defendant is guilty of killing his father. And it's really cool because – there's no names in the film. Everyone's identified by their juror number, and um, it's just and it's and it takes almost the whole movie. Almost takes place in one room. It takes place in the jury like uh, discussion room in the back, and so it's set in one location. You have a great cast of characters. I think there's um, oh Jesus, um, uh, Henry Fonda plays juror number eight um as the lead cast um who just does an incredible job but it's like you know the courtrooms it's like sweltering everyone wants to go home everyone's gonna everyone's just gonna call this kid guilty and juror number eight's like no we need to actually talk this out and so it's a really great movie that goes over like people's characters and it forces you to watch and judge people based off their character, as opposed to like their name or their position or anything, because they're stripped of all that information. And it's really cool. It's a really good movie.
0: Or unique, yeah. I've never. Been.
2: Yeah, very unique. I've film. never
0: seen a movie where you see a jury deliberating the future of a that's suspect or some that's been charged. That's yeah.
2: this movie, and it's really compelling. It's it's really compelling how one person's determination to be fair um, and give this young man a fair shake you know affects so many other people and their perspectives on it it's a very very good
0: movie
2: mm. there's a movie called jury duty with paulie shore
1: oh, it's kind of the same thing except for it's more of a comedy <laughs> where he thinks
2: the the guy's innocent nobody and so they keep having to deliberate because of it i just got on youtube to look it up because i realized when i was doing some research for this episode a lot of these films from the 1950s and earlier um if they're not and like an A-list film, if they weren't an award winning film, some of them are just uploaded in their entirety on YouTube. So like when I was when I came across the Fast and the Furious, the entirety of that movie is uploaded on YouTube. The nineteen fifty-five um version of the blob is uploaded in its entirety on YouTube. And that's the first of the blob, you know, that's what's kicked off that franchise with Steve McQueen and his inaugural role. Um send him into stardom you know so it's kind of cool that you can go online um and find you know find these old movies like no one cares about them they don't make <laughs> the company's money anymore and so they don't care if they're posted online and you can find some real gems if you just do a little bit of research what's uh what's a one of your favorite films from the 50s justin uh well it's actually a movie from
1: 1950 with my man jimmy stewart and it is called harvey
0: you all seen it harvey i have not no is it about a guy named harvey
1: well <laughs> but a guy it, named ted it's <laughs> about a guy named elwood p dowd who who is uh jimmy stewart elwood p dowd and it's really funny because he has a business card and he's always like elwood p dowd and he's like this is my this is my old number don't call that number call this number because this is my old number like every time he hands out a business card <laughs> and it's so funny but the movie essentially is is about this um, this older man who um, his family thinks he's insane because of his his best friend. So his best friend is an invisible six foot tall rabbit. Okay,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. See why his family thinks that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, who who wouldn't? But the movie's actually really good, and it's uh, like you don't see very many um, movies like that, like where a guy's walking around with a six foot tall you know, imagine your friend, that's a giant rabbit and he wears a hat. And so, um, you know, the whole movie, he's his, his family, you know, is thinking he's crazy and everybody's thinking he's crazy. And they're trying to, they're trying to like commit him into like a, a what they call back then, like a, a mental facility. Um, and so all this stuff just oh, happens wow. and, and yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so all this stuff
2: just happens and, uh, it's, it's a really, really cool movie. Do some shots have an actual like six foot tall bunny, and some shots nope. don't or how do they, how do they represent that? So basically
1: he just, he just kind of mimes, like he'll open the door for him and he'll like put his hand on his back, but it's just, it's just air. There's nothing there. So that makes sense. There's nothing. <laughs> it's just, it's invisible. You never hear a bunny speak. Yeah. The only, I don't know if you guys want me to spoil it for you. The only, only, um, there's two ways you you kind of know the bunny's existence is one. There's a painting of him, and painting of him and Elwood. And I don't know if the painting you really know his existence, but he, he's there. You can kind of see what he he might look like. And then uh, at the end of the movie, I think it's a. Uh, a doctor or somebody picks up, a, like, a, a fedora-type
2: hat. It's got two holes in it, like, and he sticks his fingers through it. It's it's super funny. I wonder how they marketed that. Like, the guy's like, I'm going to make a movie about a guy with an invisible friend. And we're not going to do anything to show the invisible friend. It's literally going to be nothing there. Yeah. Well, it's just... It... And the production studio was like, yeah, cool.
1: Well... It used. It was a play before it was a movie, and actually, um, Jimmy Stewart reprised his role as L. W. P. Dowd in the movie. Oh, that's interesting. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's it's a nineteen fifty. Jimmy Stewart at his best. Love that guy.
2: Love that guy.
0: Zach, what do you what do you think about the nineteen fifties films? I'm a big fan of black and white, and then the conversion to eventually co- seeing more colorized films. Are there any particular movies from the 50s that you guys are familiar with that were like good in color because i feel like the 40s there were some it wasn't as popular um but i feel like the 50s especially with you know television becoming a thing across the u.s yeah that made color was more of a common thing for uh for movies as well
2: well i know like the ten commandments was in color and that's a very good movie what mm-hmm. about ben-hur oh that's another big one yeah
0: that's what I thought. That's the one with the skeletons and all that.
1: No, that's Jason and the Argonauts. Um.
0: <clears throat> oh, when was that? When did Jason and the Argonauts come out? I don't know, but it was uh, like a similar era, 50s. Yeah,
1: I know that they use a lot of stop motion animation in that movie. Kind of, one of the earlier.
0: Yeah, that's why
1: I liked it. So I want to go back to um the whole TV thing because that like to me, I mean, yeah, the big epic movies and alfred hitchcock and stuff and harvey that's great Um, billy wilder yeah okay um the whole uh, thing with the the tv like television and and trying to you know the war against television type thing is really interesting to me and uh that part that part of the whole thing is is like is the best part of the fifties because it was like this new thing, you know, this new thing coming into our homes and, and being there with us all the time. So we're used to it, but then you got movie theaters that are like, we got to do something. So um, they, they came up with um, Cinerama. And then we got, we talked about this a little bit earlier on the messenger, but 3d and smell vision,
2: which I thought was kind of crazy. Uh, smell a vision, smell vision. We Smell-O-Vision. talked about smell Honestly television if that doesn't sound like a 1950s invention i don't know what is 3d television it's a 19 like that sounds yeah but like smell vision like that just sounds like a 1950s yeah. slogan don't so, want to go.
0: just take a field trip back to the 50s oh my god that, that would be, that'd be so awesome
2: i would love to go see a movie in
1: the 50s like at a movie theater
2: like i watched
1: uh, that'd be, that'd be well, wonderful
2: that'd be i cool. think in the 1950s uh wasn't it outdoor Screens more popular at the time. They had a
0: lot of oh, yeah, drive-in of drive-in theaters. Yeah, yeah, drive-in theaters. Yeah, that was at the it's height. Teens could have private time in their hot rods. And <laughs> that's when they—that's they when can
2: you watch a movie, movie. Wink, wink.
1: That's when you. Yeah, yeah. That's when you put the movie speaker on your
0: on your window, like your. I don't know what you call I mean, it. Have you guys done that before? Have you been to a drive-in theater where you have yeah. the speaker under window? No. I've done it where you have the, you have it on your radio. Yeah,
2: radio. Like yeah, your radio you, do. you
0: just tune in somehow. Yeah,
2: I've like been a, to a driving theater where I made out too. Nice, <laughs> got the full experience, baby. That's a di- there was di- a place di- in um, there was dying. an outdoor theater in Oklahoma that was it. I think it was like Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was like forty-five minute drive from Fort Smith, and I think it's out of business now, unfortunately. But we would go up there and we they would do. Um, they still did double showings, so we would go and we we'd watch. I think one of them we watched Pirates. Um, it was like Pirates of the Caribbean dead man's chest and then we watched avengers uh infinity war hmm. in the outdoor theater it was really cool wow. and i might i might be wrong for pirates but it was something in an infinity war it was really fun seeing two two showings
1: at the time last time i went to a drive-in was in memphis and it was we went and saw um valerian in this what is it called the was it the the a thousand City? cities so th- I, I can't city remember of a thousand planets, city of a thousand planet planets a thousand or cities. planet of a thousand cities. I can't remember the, the subtitle, but the, it was the Valerian with Dane DeHaan and Sarah de whatever her name is. Delavine. Yeah. And it was okay. The movie was okay. And the experience was okay. I had a Prius and the Prius shuts off after 30 minutes on its own. There's really nothing <laughs> you can do. So I kept having to restart it uh, after <laughs> After so long, so it kind of sucked, but it was one of those things where you tune into the the radio station they have and listen to it through your um, sounds like a nice view radio experience. And it, was, it was okay, like I, I would do it again, maybe not Memphis, but I would do it again. Um, so yeah, and speaking of that, I was watching, I went and saw Babylon last week, and uh, side note, side story, I was walking on the movies tonight where I saw Megan. If you haven't seen Megan, go watch it. Um, and I and I just overheard a conversation and someone said, oh, yeah, it's a it's three hours long. That's our last showing tonight It was one of the movie theaters. And whenever uh, the people she was talking to walked away, I came up and said, what's three hours long? She goes, Babylon. I was like, oh, yeah, I saw that movie. And it was so good. And I didn't understand. Like she said, oh, yeah, we're about to pull it because it's not doing that well. I was like, that really sucks because that was a great movie. Um. So anyway, that was just a little side story that of uh, me walking out of the movie theater and interrupting conversation. Um, so sad. Like, I know losing out. On the movie going experience, man, um, I'm surprised
0: they haven't pulled Whale out of my, my theater.
1: Well, they don't. They didn't even put it in my theater. Bull crab. <laughs> I had to watch it on the TV like an idiot.
0: You have a massive screen, like seventy inches, right?
1: Yeah, but I don't have like a four hundred inch screen or whatever the movie theater screen is. Anyway, I was watching Babylon and they. Not Babylon. No, it wasn't Babylon. It was... Well, it was Babylon. Babylon took place in the 1920s. It was the Fablements. And they, they did a lot of shots in inside of a movie theater. Like, the whole time, I'm just like, man, what it would be like to go see, like, some of these bigger movies from not just the 50s, but, like, Star Wars. You know how cool it would have been to go mm-hmm. see Star Wars the opening weekend? Like, the original Star Wars in its unedited format. You know, no adding monsters to the to what does that place they go to uh Mo's little cgi inner yeah. inner cuts yeah exactly like i just just untampered with star wars
0: i, I would have been excited like you've seen the trailer like for the first time yeah for star wars no music no nothing it's just that narrator's voice and a bunch of yeah. weird <laughs> editing
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah totally um anyway so Let's uh, talk about these uh, these different ways that they tried to get people into theater. So, um, Paramount came out with uh, their big screen called Cinerama, 1952, um, and it required three cameras, three projectors, interlocking, semi curved at 146 degrees, 146 degrees uh, screen, and a four track stereo sound. It made audiences feel they were in the center of the action. And isn't that a good uh, way to? way to explain it Dope. in other words so, like, they had a- the, the first imax right like they pretty much had to have all this you know different trajectors and stuff where they showed different things and it's just it's it's just insane
2: like so they could have god imagine if one of them got out of sync like i mean three yeah. seconds
1: <laughs> <It'd> be, <laughs> they'd be screwed um and then you have 3D movies, special polarized stereoscopic goggles or cardboard glasses worn by the viewers, which we still wear today, except they're not cardboard; they're they're like actual, like kind of like sunglasses, right? I don't. I haven't watched a yeah. 3D movie. Oh man,
0: I don't remember the last 3D movie I saw. It was me for me. It was either The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. I think it was The Force oh, Awakens for me.
1: It was The Force Awakens because I saw. I still that. have
0: my glasses. They're mine are Kylo
1: Ren glasses. I it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was
2: it was because were you remember, supposed to keep those or are you supposed to give those back? Probably I kept them. them back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm doing them a favor. They don't have to recycle and wash them. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I remember when when uh, episode seven was announced after Disney had purchased Lucasfilm and and my friend was like, we got to go see this in theaters. We got to. And so when we did, we went and saw it in IMAX 3D and it was awesome i don't care how bad the movie if the you thought the movie was bad or whatever it still looked great <laughs> in imax 3d <laughs> like i don't care what you, i can't hear anybody says um
0: so what is yeah. one of the movies that was in the 50s and 3d uh let's say? see yeah that's so I, i'm interested like just to look up later the one first of these
1: full-length 3d feature sound film was um united artists cheaply made jungle feature boana Devil B-W-A-N-A, Devil, 1952, um, starring Robert Stack. Wow, if you know who Robert Stack is, he's uh, the host from Unsolved Mysteries. Um, mm. Tagline, advertise a lion in your lap and a lover in your arms. The film, yeah. the film depicted man-eating lion attacks upon the builders of a Uganda Railway.
0: I got to oh, see this in 3D now.
1: The, Oh, look, there it says, the, note the first feature-length 3D film was The Power of Love in 1922. So I guess what? they had... Oh, wow. Yeah, they had 3D films back then. Um, okay, and then it says, the 3D effect was also used in many different genres. In horror films, Warner Brothers and B filmmaker Andre, Andre D. DeTos' House of Wax... 1953 um you used it uh, a remake of the warner's 1933 movie the mystery of the wax museum the first 3d horror film to be in the top 10 box office hits uh the year of its release
0: that's cool it seems like they experimented more with the genres that they're using 3d in like nowadays i just imagine 3d for like avatar and Mm -hmm. that's it
1: like kind of like the bigger action the bigger yeah bigger like action-packed like movies uh and
0: musicals the, what was the yeah. name of that uh the pov the action flick it's all from the guys pov wasn't that 3d hardcore, hardcore henry. henry i don't yeah. think it was in 3d or
1: it might have been in 3d yeah. i didn't
0: see it in 3d i just saw it regularly star wars episode one released te- temporarily in theaters in 3d oh, yeah. i never saw that. I,
1: I did i did go see that i mean my friend went and saw it and i fell asleep uh, but it wasn't 3d <laughs> <laughs> um good use of money <laughs> well i think we only went because he wanted to go and i was like all right but Man, nowadays do anything to
0: see those movies in theaters again. yeah
1: i was gonna say nowadays i would I would love to see every single one of them in theaters again we might have to rent out of theaters that can just watch them you know how cool that do would you think be?
0: they? how do i always wonder how that works like are they allowed uh, and not allowed to, to allow you to stream certain movies i'm curious how that works
1: i guess if they already have it they might, we might be able to do it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, unless we, unless we rent it and pay, f- it pay like, for
0: the movie, how much does it cost? Like, hundred bucks or something for like to re- a movie to or something? To yeah. To, yeah, to
2: rent it. Oh, I don't know. I would think it would cost. I know more than that. the university that I went to would have like movies on the green where we had a big inflatable screen and would. Yeah. Oh, play yeah. movies for mm-hmm. and they had to purchase a license to play those movies yeah it's right. Right. That's not, like you just know. pop in a dvd dang yeah
1: you have to you have to get the rights and stuff to to show those because you're making money off of it Uh you well you're probably making money off of it um so you have to get the rights and stuff it's like just like a play like if you want to do a play for your high school you have to purchase the rights it's kind
0: of lame but i like can't imagine i mean they they promote it at theaters so i can't imagine it's that difficult to get the rights approved for star wars or whatever. i don't know
1: i guess we need yeah. we should look into it and see um okay real quick uh, in musicals they use 3ds for the 3d effect in 1953's kiss me kate in romantic musical comedies the french line from 1953 uh i one product provocative tagline touted it'll knock both your eyes out okay that's weird um <laughs> then you have in westerns um taza son of cochise i don't or coach i don't know i've never like
2: all these movies i've never heard except for one i don't know that movie but it sounds it racist. sounds <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> Um, in science fiction the cheaply made robot monster from 1953 and it came from outer space now i have heard of it came from outer space i've never seen yeah. it um the first 3d science fiction film was that and then as, shortly thereafter the creature from the black lagoon the
0: why story. haven't you talked about war of the worlds that's one of your favorite movies of the 50s war of the oh yeah Double i haven't war seen
1: the i haven't world. seen it i own it i haven't seen it though. you I've, oh. no i've never seen it i mean i've seen like I've seen like pieces of it, but I've never seen the fifties one I've seen the the newer one with Tom Cruise
0: uh, uh, okay Let's fifty three one's more true to the book
1: yeah and and you know for fifty three like they had some real like just the scenes that I saw had some really good special effects um
0: and oh the day the earth stood still. remember seeing that movie when I was a kid that was fifty one that was a good one
1: all right, and then aliens we have Aroma Rama. And Smell-O-Vision, Aromarama. Say that three times fast. Um, (laughs) Other short-lived film fads in this decade and afterwards that were designed to tear viewers away from their TVs included uh, Charles Weiss' 1959 system of pumping Oriental scents into the theater through air conditioning system. (laughs) It was dubbed Aromarama. Air
0: conditioning system.
1: They, they They just put a smell in the And the air conditioning, and and you could smell it. people loved it. They were probably amazed by it at the time. Maybe some people were skeptics. They probably were like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. (laughs) Aroma-rama was prominently used in Carlo Lasani's Behind the Great Wall, an Italian documentary about red china narrated by Chet Huntley. So what are the smells? I'm curious,
0: like Italian food or something? It
1: just said oriental (laughs) Spaghetti? Oh. In fact, this – Yeah, exactly, this – Olfactory approach to expanding the movie-going experience actually had a lesser-known precedence in 1906. Rose oil oh. permeated, permeated Forest City's Pennsylvania Family Theater during a Rose Rose Bowl game newsreel. That's
0: funny. So I wish they, just... they would do stuff like that now. Like I know, dude. I would, would choreograph would... smells
1: and tastes. Yeah. I would go to a movie if they were like, "Hey, it's going to be I'm Like, okay, let's do it.
0: <laughs> but At least they have once. some some like seats. They'll have. I don't know. I mean, beyond the standard of the, your, your seats are rumbling when there's action Mm -hmm. scenes. I feel like there's been movie occasions where they've Um, actually had like air coming in from the, well, they,
1: they have, um, I don't forget what it's called. I want to say it's called like 4D or something like that where like, and it's not like movies. It's like, it's kind of like you, when you go to the IMAX, you watch like a nature documentary. It's kind of stuff like that where you're, you know, watching uh maybe a like a liftoff uh, you know a space shuttle liftoff or you're being chased by dinosaurs so the chair will move and stuff like that uh, uh yeah it's just like stuff it's just stuff like that nothing nothing like
2: movie wise or that i've heard what would be really cool is uh if they presented you food during like uh the menu oh my god you know, like like Ralphie's movie like as they get their food in the movie you get like a platter of like the same thing as well <laughs> yeah um part of the that be dope? Part of movie. <laughs> you know
1: real quick side note i was listening to Corey and patrick this morning which is you know a uh, talk show on and uh on the edge and apparently he goes by rafe fines did you know oh. that i didn't know I that thought. till today i always thought it was ralph fines yeah and, and some people say ray fines but apparently it's rafe that's crazy Rafe anyway. Fines. All right, next is Smellavision. It was a similar process that c- came slightly later in 1960, uh, developed by the Swiss born Hans Laub, in which 30 different smells were injected into a movie theater's seats when triggered by various points in the film's soundtrack. Wow, only one film was made with this gimmicky process Michael Todd Jr.'s Scent of Mystery also known as holiday holiday in spain two decades later director john waters paid homage to this concept with his patented system dubbed odorama and for his b-film melodrama polyester it used scratch and sniff <laughs> cards and a number system on screen alert okay so that's cool that uh, i like that's what for, i'm more familiar with today yeah yeah like the scratch and sniff when you're supposed to scratch and sniff it's kind of like paint yeah. numbers. that's funny Man, I I what I would I would totally go to this smell of vision though where it's like what what did it say? It, it injected it from we're injecting into the movie
0: seats. It's crazy. Like a a mist or something or just, I sure. guess. It's gotta be. Yeah. Like a like Febreze, but with
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. dung. <and laughs> why aren't the movies wet.
0: movie theater experience that exciting today? I guess all those uh, gimmicks just they're not profitable. And I mean, it's yeah, probably, probably cost too much. Yeah. I mean, how, what are what are the strategies to get people's butts to the seat, the, the theater seats today? Other than say only in theaters?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, if you want to see it right away, you have to see it in theaters. But other than well, really, that, people,
0: maybe people don't care. No wait.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that lady at the um at the movie theater was talking about Babylon, and I was like, "Oh man, it's so good!" And she's like, "Yeah, I'll catch it w- when it streams." I was like, "But you work at the movie theater?" She's like, "Well, I work here." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense." Like, you can't just like go in and, and watch a movie when you want. Um, but uh, can't
0: no free tickets? Dang.
1: I mean, no. I mean, like while you're working, so I, I don't oh. know why she just wouldn't come back and watch it, but whatever. And when she said that, I was just like, "Oh man, that's where our, you know world's heading is like." I catch it when it comes on streaming like dude just go see it in the movie theater it's so much better in like even if you have a good sound system which I do I have a pretty good sound system but I still would rather go see it in the freaking movie theater I know we talked about this a thousand times yeah it's just like
0: experience it's totally the experience it's the whole thing some people don't care about the experience they just no, like the convenience don't. of being at home lounging their socks off I mean, or on and on their phones
1: I get that. And like my brother, my older brother who I live with now, you you know, you watch an hour and a half long movie. It turns into three hours because he's always pausing and getting up and doing stuff and pausing and and having a conversation or pausing and being like, hey, wife, look at this. And just like, dude, stop pausing. Just let's just watch the movie. So like even during the 50s, uh,
0: uh, people watching television shows at home they can't just pause or DVR. They got us. They're dedicated to what they're about to watch. Well, they have their TV dinners, too. And they can, yeah, the exactly.
1: They can do that all in the in the comfort <laughs> of their own home. You know, like at at the movie theater, you have your 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 um you have to resort to popcorn and soda, which isn't bad. But it's like, oh, but I can eat this dinner in front of my TV. All oh, right, even better. Like I can have it's I can good. have it Salisbury so Salisbury, have Salisbury steak and they look uh, yeah, better. They look better on TV. They look way better buy- in
0: those, those. Well, back in the day, they look so much like I've seen on YouTube. People did reviews of 1950s era. TV dinners and look so much better than the Hungry Man's or the.
1: Well, you know, whatever, it's like the, the whole uh,
0: various taking, brands they have today.
1: Taking cocaine out of Coke, man, you just screw up the recipe. <laughs> Other various widescreen processes attracted audiences and monopolized the big screen market for the fifties. There were numerous optical techniques that widened the theater screen with effects that couldn't be duplicated on the TV screen. Would you like to know what they are? Yes. All right, Paramount. Paramount's VistaVision. Used in Hitchcock's this well known thrillers to catch a thief, his own remake of *The Man Who Knew Too Much*, *Vertigo*, and *North by Northwest*. Um, and then Super Scope, RK's, RK is RKO's answer to Fox's Cinemascope. Um, which we didn't talk about Cinemascope, but basically, uh, Cinemascope. Yeah, familiar. Yeah, it's it's became a cheaper and more convenient because it used a simple anamorphic lens to create a widescreen effect that's what uh was um mgm's camera 65 later called super panavision 70 and ultra panavision 70 then you have panavision Techniscope. todd a.o that's a cool name todd a.o uh 70 millimeter
0: Hmm. man they really what if they promoted this technology they they, i'm I'm sure they did they use those they use that i'm sure they did just they probably use narration as well to make it sound cool
1: right and they probably put it on the front on the marquees come see this in in cinemascope blah 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 it's like it's like um being like oh come see this in imax you know it's it's the same same thing they probably stuck it in the on the marquee put it on commercials and
0: stuff like that man that should be a movie buff back in the those days (laughs) The, kind of the, still the infancy of sorts of the movie theater experience. So the fifties, there's no theaters that offer food like had prepared meals like they do these days at some theaters. I'm surprised.
1: I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Full that
0: course, course meals would but... be delicious.
1: Nope. Okay, but you That'd don't cool. go. You don't go anywhere with a full course meal. Like even movie tavern, you eat nachos and stuff <laughs> like quesadillas and whatnot. You don't really get a steak in it. A steak in some
0: places do steaks. Yeah, but
1: in the theater
0: a Draft House, maybe. Yeah, maybe.
1: I mean, I I would do that. I've never been would, to a draft house. So. I would eat a steak while watching a movie. It'd be great. <laughs> Remember that time we went to Movie Tavern, uh Zach, to see Shazam, and yes. you know, and you, you it like took forever to get your nachos, and I, and I finally got my popcorn at like <laughs> the end of the movie. Because Jake, I don't know if you've been, to, I don't know if you've been to Movie Tavern, but you have to order yeah. the popcorn through your server, and that guy. Like I I finally close to maybe 30 minutes before the movie was over. I was like, he brought us our ticket. I was like, Hey man, you charged with the popcorn and I never got it. And then he like runs down and and brings it to me. I'm like, dude, I don't want it now. I was like, I don't, I don't, he's like, okay, we'll take it off. I'm like, yeah, you're going to take it off. Like, I don't want this popcorn. Well, I think he said, well, we'll take it off and you can have it. And I'm just like, okay, but I'm not going to eat it. It's going to (laughs) literally, you're going to throw this all this away. Which I'm sure they were going to anyway, but man, that guy that guy sucked. And then um Zach ordered nachos and he noticed that the guy next to us got nachos first. <laughs> Zach's like, hey man, I think you gave him the
0: nachos. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he,
1: and he goes, No, no, those That's are different. Back nachos. Memories now. Yeah, he's like, No, those are different nachos. I'm like, uh no, those are probably different.
0: You remember all that. You remember that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, dude, I remember that. I remember everything. What movie was it? Shazam. I just said that.
1: Shazam. Oh, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> oh <an> idiot.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we, 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 I, was we so, saw the... I was so wrapped up in your story, I forgot what movie you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> we got to see it. A I was so days. invested in his nachos. Yeah, it, it was
1: a it was a funny it was a funny movie trip for me and Zach. We got to see it a few days early. Uh, they had a special early showing that me and Zach took advantage yeah. of. But yeah, that was the only <laughs> bad part was going to going to movie th- movie tavern and getting our food super late but whatever yeah uh, you got to see the movie early i've only done that twice with shazam and the batman and it was it was pretty awesome joker. All right, so we didn't see that early did we you might have no we didn't no. yeah i just say, i don't think we <laughs> saw joker earlier but i did no. see the batman and man but we that saw was... it at that
0: movie tavern to believe
1: no dude i think we went to uh i don't know no i think we went to uh chrono glenn oh no i think we did go see it once
0: no the, we went multiple times though
1: yeah i think we did go see it once at the movie tavern because that's when um i think we did because i think hope came
0: i remember riverdale the ac system in there was oh, so geez.
1: loud riverdale <laughs> i went i've been there twice um just a quick note on riverdale it's kind of an older theater and it doesn't have like like stadium seating where it goes up it's just like a flat floor and i saw we saw that that uh that movie, Last Christmas, with a Christmas Clark. movie, right? Yeah, Last yeah. Christmas. I just yeah, with yeah. a mini Clark, and that was when Stephanie and Mandy went with us. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And then we and then we saw, or I saw, the French Dispatch uh, because that was the only place I could go see it. It's a Wes Anderson movie, so that that movie theater is kind of crap. But it's kind of I think that's what kind of gives it its charm. I don't ever go there, but I guess you got to think of it in a good way. It's a movie theater that's still
0: open. So I wonder if there were independent theaters back in the day in the fifties, or there just weren't enough movies to have like subsections of films for certain demographics or whatever target audiences.
1: Back then, um, you know, there were black theaters. There were White theaters, Um, there were mixed theaters, but a lot of independent theaters, they had to do what was called, and I I believe this happened in the fifties, what's called block booking, where, you know, if they want one movie, eh, but they they have to get several movies in order to get that one movie. Um, That was a lot of what what happened back then. Um, So yeah, there. I mean, there were independent theaters. They just you know had to purchase. Because like, a lot of the the big five, which I, I don't remember off the top of my head, was MGM, RKO, United Artists, Paramount, and Fox, I guess. They each had their they had their own movie theaters, right? So in order – like they could do – they pretty much got did whatever they wanted. They could show what they wanted. They mostly showed their own movies, right? <laughs> That's what they had to do. But if an independent theater wanted a movie, they had them do block booking, which – means oh i want this one movie but in order to get this one movie i have to get all these movies so that's the nature of the beast of
2: owning a theater back then i feel like the 1950s really started to get their stride in what we consider you know quote-unquote cinema today i would I would. the 50s was kind of an interesting blend between a lot of the techniques and style of filming that they did beforehand—the twenties, thirties, and forties—and starting to use, you know, the more traditional techniques that we use today, like and experimenting with styles such as the three D and the smell vision, but also things like dolly zooms and and different ways of cutting and editing, and and new concepts focusing on different demographics as opposed to the traditional you know, older generations and they started transitioning their style to the younger generations and marketing to new people.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that. That that kind of hit their stride in the fifties and it kind of took off from there. Cause I think movie going has been pretty steady. Um, and it's had its up and downs. And like I said earlier, it's, it's always had something to fight with, you know, with the fifties, it was watching TV in your home. And then now it's watching TV in your home. It's always the same thing. It's just a different, <laughs> different version of it, you know, cause you have, you have the fifties where you watch TV, you had to catch it when it was on and all that stuff. And then you have the eighties and the nineties when, you know, you laser disc had come out in the seventies and stuff. But if you guys have ever seen a laser disc, it's a, it says, uh, it's, it's a giant DVD that was expensive. A laserdisc player was expensive. Uh, and then the laser discs themselves were expensive, but then VHS came out, you know, Betamax first and then VHS. And then, made it a lot cheaper to watch movies at home so it was like you know another thing that movies have to fight with so it just kind of started with this whole watching tv at home
2: thing that the 50s kind of created yeah you might argue that television maybe made hollywood movies more compelling because it forced them to think outside the box and try new things to compete with the ability of television
0: it was a monumental time for movie making absolutely i think we did a Good job at explaining at least our thoughts. on I thought so. Had the fifties changed Hollywood and movie making for the better? Yeah,
2: for uh, the
1: better. Well, for the better, mostly. Some like with the whole trying to get people into theaters. It's still an ongoing, like with ongoing thing. So that's the only, I guess, the only downside. Um, yeah, it's great to watch th- movies in your home, but you know, there's that what, what would we say? Like 10, 15% that's like, I'll go to the movies to see a movie, which is, you know, we're a part of, I I'm just making that percentage up by the way. I'm just trying to get the point across that it's a small percent. I think that that want to go see movies in theaters, whereas people will rather watch it on TV or they'll download it illegally. Um, And so that's always been a problem. (laughs) I think that's the only downside to the nineteen since the 1950s. But other than that, yeah, I think it's kind of when, when, TV and movies kind of hit their stride and, and kind of made it where we're at today. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week on the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. But, hey, if you want to leave us any type of review on Apple or Spotify or anything, go please do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to beg you to do it, but I would love it if you would. I'm sure uh, Jerome and, and Zachariah would, too. And you can hit us up on on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, youtube and let us know what you think uh if you have any ideas for for episodes please let us know um and if you just want to say hello say hello um you can also listen to us on spotify amazon music uh apple Podcasts, google podcast
0: and that's about it i think oh and youtube yes absolutely we need, we need your feedback we need your feedback post a comment don't feel shy maybe consider recommending a movie for us to watch
1: if anything I love just just talking to you. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week on the uh, Fantastic Mr. Podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.